The following message is from the 2013 IBCD Summer Institute, Churches Equipped to Care. This is uh, your place in the biblical counseling world, the BCC, BC, and you. And I'm Dr. Bob Telleman. Let me open us in prayer, and then we'll take a look at this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this conference. And I know a lot of times, places like this, conferences like this, it's uh, the fire hydrant and the thimble. And so, by your spirit, uh, work in our hearts to take and apply, especially those things that are most uh, pertinent to us. As we talk now, some about the biblical counseling world and movement and how we can join in the, the war, uh, wider, larger story. Uh, just give us wisdom and clarity, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, what I don't want the next hour to be is the 60-minute infomercial for the BCC. Um, you know, I joked last night about that infomercial for the International Star Registry. We certainly will talk about the BCC, but as the title suggests, it's Biblical Counseling, the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and you. And I really want us to think about how we all can be involved beyond just our local church in advancing the biblical counseling movement. I want to talk a little bit, just a couple minutes, about some gaps I see between where we are as a movement and where we could be. Uh, what I find is folks like us that self-select into the BC world, we're around other BCers, and we think that biblical counseling has triumphed in terms of even the evangelical church. And I don't believe that's true, and we want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about how we can work together to fill some of those gaps. At the bottom of uh, page 61 in your notes, you see the presentation focus. The biblical counseling world is a large and growing network of people, churches, parachurch organizations, and educational institutions. Biblical Counseling Coalition is one part of that larger world. We don't, when we started, we never, we want to take over. I mean, we have worked very hard to communicate to NANC and CCF, and these men are on our board. This is not about us taking over. This is about us helping and networking and making CCF better and better known and NANC better and better known in any way that we can. We're, we're one part. So this session addresses two questions related to BC, the BCC, and you. What is the role of the BCC in multiplying the ministry of the biblical counseling movement? That in a uh, half sentence is our mission statement, multiplying the ministry of the biblical counseling movement. And how can you find your role in God's calling for promoting, and here's our passion statement, personal change centered on the person of Christ through the personal ministry of the word. So you are part of this larger story in the BC world, and I hope that after this hour, if there's one prayer and desire I have for you, is you'll be thinking, how can I be a part of not only what I'm doing in my local church, as wonderful as that is, but advancing the biblical counseling movement around the world? You might think, well, what role could I play? Well, each of us can play a role, and we want to talk about that. And let's start doing that on page 62 in our notes. Closing the gap from what is and what could be. Uh, there's a quote there in your notes and on the PowerPoint slide, visions are born in the soul of a man or woman who is consumed with the tension between what is and what could be. Now you think about Jay Adams in 1960, he had a vision of what is. Man, the evangelical church for a hundred years had abdicated its role for the personal ministry of the word. And he had a vision for what could be. He was a man stepping into the gap. Uh, I think the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and I think all of us in this room, can be men and women stepping into some gaps that are still there. We're going to talk in a minute and celebrate some of the great things that have happened, because I don't want to 
only talk about gaps. I want to talk about great things that have happened and, and things that are happening, but I think there are some gaps we can continue to fill. When I think about that uh, quote there, it reminds me of Tiffany Marie Olson's story. And our pastor shared this with me. He actually knows the family. Uh, Tiffany Marie Olson was a teenager. She was in Florida. She was on the back of a motorcycle that got in an accident, and Tiff uh, Tiffany was dying. And the Florida State Troopers were frantically trying to find any contact information, and they couldn't. They finally got a hold of uh, her mom, Christine. By the time Christine got there, uh, it was, you know, couple hours later and her daughter had passed away and, and I'm just imagine how tragic it is that her daughter died but that she couldn't be contacted while her daughter was alive the you know those last moments of goodbyes of, of expressing love and so Christine started to see a gap she saw what could be what if other parents didn't have to go through this Christine worked with the local state representative she worked with the, the Florida legislative uh, body, and they enacted something that's voluntary. And for some of us that don't like the encroachment of government, it's good to know that they established it in a voluntary way. But throughout the state of Florida, and, and Christine now met with the president, trying to encourage that other states make this possible, where there's now a network that helps uh, on driver's licenses, those who want it, to have contact information of loved ones right there embedded I don't know exactly how it works in the state of Florida. Um, so you have this contact information. So no other parent would ever have to go through what Christine was going through. She saw a need, she saw a gap, and she stepped into that gap, and she made a difference. And that's really what we want to talk about today, how we can do that. But before we talk about the gaps, I want to talk about the BC world and you, and, and there is much to celebrate. Let's start with some positive. I mentioned already, there was a huge gap, and, and I love church history, and I love the history of One Another Care. I've written a couple of books on it. In the evangelical church, from about 1860 to about 1960, there was an abdication of the personal ministry of the Word. Uh, there are a couple reasons for that. For one, the liberal church wasn't dealing with the Word for problems anyway, but the fundamentalist church was so focused on the pulpit, which was vital, and on theology that basically pastors were focused on the pulpit and theology and they weren't doing the personal ministry of the word. So you either have liberal churches just referring people out because they think that's best, or you had evangelical churches are saying just preach the word from the pulpit, people don't need counseling. And that's where Jay Adams steps into the gap in the late 60s. And as you heard last night, I had the privilege of being you know, discipled by Ron Alchin and uh, Bill Goode. Bill Goode was a Baptist pastor who, along with this, Presbyterian professor, Jay Adams, when you think about that sometimes, that's just a crazy thing anyway in our evangelical world. Baptists and Presbyterians who won't even talk sometimes got together and, and established this biblical counseling movement um, in the late 60s and, and early 70s. So obviously we can celebrate the legacy of Jay Adams and Bill Goode and Ron Alchin and Doc Smith and Bettler and these other uh, men and women that laid the ground floor, they saw a gap, and they began to step into that gap. I think also uh, you hear about a lot of times that second generation of biblical counselors. Sometimes people don't like that. It's like, well, are you saying there's something defective about the first generation? No, we are saying we are building on that great 
foundation that the first generation of counselors built on. When Jay Adams wrote uh, More Than Redemption, A Theology of uh, Christian Counseling, he said that right in his intro, he said, this is just kind of, I'm throwing it out there. And if you know Jay, he wrote a lot of his books kind of like, boom. I mean, I work on books, and I, I feel like I work on them forever. And Jay was, you know, 48, 50 books. He's getting them out there. And Jay's saying, I'm putting it out there because we need materials, but I'm not saying this is the last thing. This is the start. So he's encouraged the second and third generation. That's where you folks, myself, uh, folks in the Biblical Counseling Coalition, we are, many of us, second and third generation uh, folks who are trying to build on that foundation. And I think there's some great things happening. I, many of you know in the Southern Baptist Convention and Southern Baptist churches, there's uh, Southern Baptist seminaries, biblical counseling, and most of those seminaries have won the day, if you will. You've got Master's College right out here. You've got many Bible colleges and seminaries that even 20 years ago would either not have any pastoral counseling classes or have your one pastoral counseling class that was kind of this eclectic smattering. You've got three semester hours. You meet for 30 hours, two hours on depression, two hours on this, and basically they're just linking you to whatever resource and not really teaching you a theology and methodology of biblical counseling. That is changing. There's some exciting things. I think, too, and Ed Welch is just one example of many examples, folks that are being missional in the biblical counseling world, where we are trying to take biblical counseling to other areas. Uh, Ed, for instance, speaks at CAPS, the Society or the Christian Association of Psychologists, which is not a biblical counseling um, ministry. And Ed Welch has stepped into there. Jeremy Lellick, who's the president of the Association of Biblical Counselors, graduated from Regents. Uh, seminary in uh, Virginia Beach with his degree in biblical counseling. It's not a biblical counseling school. He had a hard time getting his dissertation approved, but it was approved. And he did a survey of how different biblical counselors define biblical counseling and made an impact on Regents University. One of the gaps that I'm celebrating that people are stepping up and being missional. I speak every year at ETS, Evangelical Theological Society. And you would think a group like that, conservative as they are, would really be proponents of biblical counseling. Uh, this last year, our whole uh, segment was on uh, presentations related to, if you had, this is not how it was worded, because at ETS you got to word it like this real academic way. But the gist was, if you had one course in a seminary to teach pastors, what would you teach? What do they need to know? And so I gave a biblical counseling presentation. One of my good friends who's at another school that I won't name, his presentation, I kidded him, I said, in essence, what you're saying is it's a theology of referral. If you got one course, you teach pastors, they should refer, because one course is not enough to get pastors doing anything. Well, I don't think one course is enough, but I don't think if I had one, it would be a theology of referral. So right at ETS, I'm trying to do some missional work taking biblical counseling into the Christian evangelical world where it's not. Got a question there in your notes. What are you celebrating in the BC world? I just mentioned a few things I'm celebrating. We're going to talk about some gaps, but I don't want to talk about all the negative stuff before we celebrate a little bit. Uh, what are some things you celebrate in the biblical counseling world that's happened in the last 40 years that's happening right now? What are you excited about? The fact that people are seeing the need um, to turn to the Bible for answers, not on to themselves or to others. Great. People are seeing the need to turn to the Bible for answers for real life issues. Great. The 
These guys, IBCD is free resources. It's like a, a warehouse, storehouse of wealth that's all free that can go anywhere. So I, I love yeah, the free resource. That's a real vision that we have as a biblical counseling coalition. We'll talk about that. We have, in a year and a half, over a thousand free resources on the, the site that we just want to give away to folks. Yep. I like uh, the work that Welch is doing particularly with regards to showing that, that the Bible does diagnose our problems. So his, his book, when people are big guys, small, blame it on the brain, that sort of thing. Showing from the Bible that even though it's quote-unquote an ancient book, it's very relevant and it deals with the proper diagnosis of, of our, our issues and also provides the solutions. So I think he's done a good job in showing that. Yeah, well, when I think about that, I think about uh, Heath Lambert and Stuart Scott. They were the editors of Counseling the Hard Cases. Because a lot of times in the VC world, we're kind of accused of, well, you deal with the common cold, but let us psychologists deal with the hard cases. And a great book talking about just what you were sharing. I mean, the Bible deals not just with the common cold of the emotional, mental, spiritual life. It deals with the depth. Yeah. I celebrate the fact that in the last couple of years, I've been able to translate a lot of material from Jay Adams and John MacArthur and being able to um, present things. Yeah, that, that is wonderful. I know that uh, a lot of biblical counselors here in the States are very passionate about um, the Hispanic world and translating and, and in, in Europe. And Wonderful. Yes, sir. Distance learning down in uh, uh, Rosarito Beach where we're from. Uh, we we took a couple of years ago. We took uh, uh, Jay Adams to two courses down there, through audios and uh, and coursework and stuff like that. A distance learning. That's all free. Nowadays, I mean, you've got to have multiple delivery systems in distance learning. Last word on this part. wonderful it the movement sometimes i don't like that word but but i i'm i'm warming to it i mean a movement it's moving and it's growing uh, we want it to continue to grow and i did want to celebrate before we talk about a little bit more of the the negatives because I, I think there are some gaps so let's talk uh, together about that gaps so what is much to celebrate what could be where i see some gaps much more could happen. As I indicated, when we self-select into the BC world, I think we can have blinders on to the fact that not everybody's bought into what we're selling here. Uh, not everybody's bought into the passion that we just talked about, the sufficiency, authority, relevancy of scripture for hard cases and real life issues. Some of the areas that I see some gaps, gap number one, uh, the pulpit ministry of the word and the personal ministry of the word. Obviously, these ought to be combined. Yet, we could name, right here in the state of California, if we wanted to go there, and we're not, but we could name churches. We're in the pulpit. They are preaching sufficiency of Scripture. They're relating truth to life, but you go down the, the hallway 100 feet, and their counseling departments are anything but. Um, it's a gap, and it ought not to be like that, but I see it all the time, and each one of us could name many places where it's like that. Uh, seminaries. I have the the privilege of teaching at a number of different evangelical seminaries. I'm not going to name them right now. But I can tell you as I teach at those seminaries, they have strong homiletics, 
you know, preaching the word department, strong hermeneutics uh, to study the scriptures, strong original languages. But many times I'm the only professor in those seminaries that are presenting from a, and teaching from a biblical counseling perspective. You've got this gap between the preparation in seminaries of pastors for the pulpit ministry of the word and the preparation of pastors for the personal ministry word. I already mentioned at ETS, my good friend, basically had an hour presentation where it was a theology referral. Pastors ought to be referring people. They shouldn't be dealing with the hard cases. Uh, so there are some gaps that are still there. Uh, and again, if we wanted, weren't on tape and we wanted to name names, and, and I don't like to operate that way anyway, we have not won the day as a movement in a lot of our seminaries and a lot of our evangelical churches. Uh, gap number two, many people do not know us. Well, one of the seminaries, and if I named it, you would know it, quite well, very well-known seminary. I had 18 students, and I named some names in the biblical counseling world, you know, names that we would all, Paul Tripp, um, David Paulson, named CCF, named Nick. Out of the 18 students in that particular course, two people knew any of those. One of the two knew Nank and didn't have a good view of it. Um, we assume that everybody is excited about what we're doing. But there's a gap. Um, there's a gap between the pulpit ministry of the word and the personal ministry of the word. There's a gap and many people don't know us. I have a vision that we would close that gap in a generation from now, evangelical seminaries and evangelical churches, there wouldn't be this dichotomy between the pulpit and the personal ministry of the word. Seminary students would know Paul Tripp and they'd know folks in here who are writing and ministering in a, in a broad way. And the third gap, many who know us don't really know us. Now that's a polite way of saying many who do know us, they've got some pretty negative stereotypes about us. When I teach in these different seminaries, um, for instance, I talked last night about the How to Care Like Christ seminars that I do. I did one in uh, the heart of D.C. with a lot of Stephen ministry churches, if you're familiar with Stephen's ministry at all. came originally out of the uh, the Lutheran Church, but it's in Presbyterian, Methodist, a lot of African-American churches all over the place. And they're basically trained in a, in a model of empathy that stops there. And they're basically trained that you don't go beyond empathy. You listen, you care, you hug, you cry, and you stop there. And so I'm speaking to 200 of these folks, and I, I started mentioning some of these names and trying to get a sense. And their thought about neuthetic biblical counseling was not positive. So let's take this gap together here. Um, you've got people who don't practice biblical counseling. You've got people who don't know biblical counseling. You've got people who don't like biblical counselors. You put all that together, we got some work to do. Now, are we better off than 1960 when Jay started? Absolutely. We just celebrated, and that's great, but there's some gaps that we need to think about, and so we need to close some of those gaps. But before we talk about closing those, are there other gaps that you detect? things that are out there where we haven't won the day, if you will? Actually, me being here is a perfect example. Um, I was asked to start counseling women in my church, but they weren't prepared to counsel me. They just expected me to know how to do it. But I know that I'm not equipped, and I want to be better equipped to do it through the Word, not just through my personal knowledge of the Word. That's a great example. There are some churches that get excited about counseling, maybe even excited about biblical counseling, but do they know what to do to get their people equipped to do it? Great. Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Another thing is personal experience. As, as, you know, some of these gaps that we have in, in, in the IBCD and, and coming to the workshops here. But like, for example, if you, if one of, if you or your spouse is an alcoholic and you've already, you know, you're battling it. So personal experience can add to your biblical counseling mm -hmm. experience. Good, good. For Councilor previously, on uh, having resources available in, in other languages, but also addressing culture or specific needs that may not be present uh, in maybe in America. Uh, I have some friends in Argentina. They're looking for biblical counseling resources. They they just don't really know. Yeah, culture specific. I've spoken three times in Romania at a Bible college there on marriage and family, and I'm given half the time that I teach that course in the States, and it's through a translator, which now cuts it down a quarter, and it's a new culture. So the first time I went, I'd give myself at best a C minus, then maybe a B minus, and then maybe a B the third time, because, and I'm 50% Romanian, and I at least understand something in Romanian culture from my grandparents who were 100% Romanian, and my dad was 100% Romanian. So I even had a bit of a head start, but translating my illustrations, my idioms, my words, my phrases, understanding the culture. And in Romania, just as an example, there's two different cultures right there, probably many more than that. You've got the older generation that grew up under Ceausescu and very kind of pharisaical in their parenting. And then you've got the younger generation that grew up under the, after the revolution and the freedom, very laissez-faire and liberal in their parenting. And so here I am from a different culture, speaking in the culture that already, so yeah, we need to do more work in taking the timeless principles of scripture and appropriately translating those to cultures that people have. A lot of different gaps that we can talk about. Well, don't want to stop with gaps. We're going to talk about hope a little bit. So let's talk, bottom of page uh, 62, about closing the gap together. Uh, first one, vision number one, this may be like, what in the world? We all need to be the Macy Santa. Uh, I love the old movies. My wife doesn't like black and white movies, but I love the old movies. A lot of you probably remember just, you know, they play it every year, Christmas, 25 days of Christmas, The Miracle on 34th Street. For those of you who haven't seen it, let me give you the background. So you've got the, the Macy Santa Claus, and he's, of course, told by his employers, get people to buy stuff at Macy's. Focus on Macy's, and if the kid want something that we don't have, talk him into wanting something that we do have. Well, that's not how Santa's going to do it, right? So Santa has a little kid on the lap, and Macy doesn't have it, and the, the boss is listening in and thinking that the Santa's going to tell him to get something else at Macy's. And he says, you know, Gimbel's has it at a great price. He's sending people to their competitor. Well, we need to be the Macy's Santa Claus if our movement's going to grow, and that's a big part of the passion of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. We can't be, I am of Paul, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Apollos, I'm of CCF, I'm of Paul Tripp, I'm of Bob Kelly. We can't do that if our movement is going to grow. We need to be the Macy's Santa Claus sending people. So somebody from California calls me and they say, where can I get some good training? Well, just because I'm good friends with Steve Byers at Faith and Lafayette, I shouldn't be sending somebody from California to Indiana. I should be saying, let me tell you about IBCD. They're right there. They're, inter they're national, they're international, but, man, their headquarters are right out there. Let's, we all need to be doing that. We need to have a mindset shift 
that it's not about our little pocket of the BC world. It's about advancing, not, not some parochial ministry. It's about advancing a mindset about the, the progressive sanctification, the sufficiency of Scripture. You know, just some examples of this. I was at the CCF conference last year, and people kept coming up wanting to get my book on equipping counselors. I said, how would you even hear about it? Mike Wilkerson, Mike Wilkerson, Mike. You may not know Mike Wilkerson. He's a young guy, young compared to me out at Mars Hill in Seattle. He's part of our coalition. Uh, they had already established their program, but he loves a model I created in the, not created, but talked about in the book. And he's always sending people to me. Well, he's got his own great book, Redemption on Redemption. He could be focusing on redemption groups, but Mike is focused on sending people to other resources. He doesn't get any money from me, but uh, Paul Tagus is another, a good friend of mine. Uh, Paul's on the coalition. He breaks down barriers. One of the things he's doing for us is he's putting together a um, list of resources, 10 best biblical counseling resources on cutting and self-harm. Um, when Matthew Warren, Rick Warren's son, familiar, that here committed suicide and the the evangelical world was a buzz about suicide and mental illness. Well, Paul Tagus put together for the coalition 20 resources on suicide prevention and grieving a suicide from a biblical counseling perspective. Paul doesn't just, and he's the editor of a series. He didn't just highlight his series. He might have had one or two of the 20. He went throughout the biblical counseling world to collate something we put on the site that was very timely and very helpful to people. We need more Macy Santa Claus people, not just focus on what they produce, but focus on telling other people. You often hear about team together. Everyone accomplishes more. Well, I like team, but I also like ton. And ton for me is together others notice. Together others notice. Think about Christ-centered biblical counseling. I should have brought a copy. Anybody have a copy with them here? Uh, the new book that uh, the coalition produced last year, 40 authors working together on Christ-centered biblical counseling. I've got a lot of friends in these evangelical seminaries that teach from an integrative perspective. They have told me we don't typically require a biblical counseling book in any of our programs, but if 40 of you got together to put together the best of the best, the cutting edge, hopefully, um, part of that, on modern biblical counseling, our students are going to have this book. Well, together, others notice. Our confessional statement, I mentioned last night, 36 of us worked, worked for nine months, um, 10 drafts on my computer to get to this confessional statement. Once again, we've got seminaries that typically don't promote anything related to biblical counseling, but they'll say, if three dozen of you worked on this for almost a year, and you say this is a representation of uh, a positive presentation of what BC is all about, then we want our students to be aware of this. So together, others notice. That's part of our vision. You know, I think in our, our biblical counseling world, one of the things that's hurt us is we spent so much time with in-house squabbles and criticizing one another. And I understand some people are called to a prophetic ministry, but, you know, the more we're hammering each, I just, are we spending any time building one another up and affirming? Do we have to agree on every point? Somebody asked me last night, well, when that confessional statement was done, did all 36 people say that's exactly how I, no. I wouldn't have written it that way. But all 36 of us, and this is pretty good, that we had zero attrition. All 36 of us that worked on it at the end signed it. We all said we wouldn't have phrased every sentence like that, 
But we can say this document represents well a positive presentation of what biblical counseling is about in these 12 category areas. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I've got free copies down at the BCC booth. It's about a six-page, single-spaced document. covers 12 different categories. Biblical counseling is. And together, others notice. And now, specifically to you, the third vision point there, you as an equipper, you as a player coach, and I've got the symbol, the logo for our conference here. If not like Bob Kellerman, who's Bob Kellerman? I mean, I'm nobody. I was telling some folks downstairs that we were at our church for two years. I preached for the first time. This was like five years ago. I didn't tell people I was a seminary professor, PhD, pastor. First time I preached, a couple of the older saints in the church came up. That was really good. Have you ever thought about doing that more? <laughs> you know, <laughs> later they found out that, you know, I had pastored for 15 years and teach and write and speak and now they were kind of embarrassed. But, you know, I'm nobody. I'm nobody in my own church for 100 people. Um, we're all nobodies, but God can use all of us. You know, what can you do? And just a couple areas I, I'd like you to, to think about, practically speaking. I mentioned last night in the uh, session that I shared on equipping counseling uh, counselors in the church. Tony Dun Dungy is one of my heroes, Christian coach. But... In the NFL, they talk about the Tony Dungy coaching tree because Dungy has coached coaches who now are head coaches or coach other head coaches. He's duplicating himself. So one thing I would say to you is don't only do the work of the ministry of counseling, as vital as that, it, that is. Be equipping other people. Pass that on. Pass the baton of ministry on. I mentioned last night grandbabies. Do you have some grandbabies? Uh, Sister Ellen Barney was one of the first students through our program at Capital Bible Seminary. I trained her. She's had me speak at their graduation banquet. She's trained over 1,000 women at New Antioch Baptist Church outside of Baltimore over the last 10 years. So at the, the graduation banquet, she will say, Dr. Kellerman, these are your grandbabies. You trained me, and I trained them. And now that she's had several generations, I'll come back and speak. And Dr. Kellerman, these are your great, great grandbabies because I trained you or you trained me, I trained Sister Alexander, she trained. Do you have grandbabies? Keep passing on the ministry together. Uh, one other thing I would encourage you to think about, too, everybody can get to be an expert in a biblical way of thinking about at least one topic. Everybody in this room, now you all have different personalities and gifting, but everybody in this room can, for instance, you can have a seminar that you take on the road. You've got some area you are really passionate about. I just wrote, uh, published a booklet on sexual abuse. I was drug kicking and screaming into sexual abuse counseling because God sent some people who have been sexually abused by God's grace. I didn't know a whole lot. He helped me to understand and help people. And then people who were sexually abused talked to other people who were sexually abused, and I started seeing more people, having to learn more. There's probably some area of counseling. Maybe you do a lot of marriage counseling, people on the brink of divorce. You've got a seminar in you. You've got a booklet in you. You've got a session at IBCD. And there's no reason that Bob Kellerman's got to do sessions. You guys do sessions. I just want to encourage and affirm you that you can help advance the movement by really stirring up the gift of God that's within you. Uh, last piece on, on this part, a 2053 vision. Here's my vision. Forty years from now, if I survive, I'd be 94 then. I'd be toddling and in the nursing home, and maybe my kid, now my kids would visit me, I'm sure. Um, 
I want somebody to come up to me and say, how did you survive back in 2013 when the, even the evangelical world was divided and wasn't committed to biblical counseling? I want them to think back and think, that's a bizarre day that evangelicals were not committed to the sufficiency of Scripture and the personal ministry of the Word. That's my vision of how things could change. So joining the conversation, how are you working together to close the gap? And where will you focus your equipment? I just rather than a public discussion, take a moment just to jot something down there. Maybe I've stirred up a gift of God in you, and you want to think about taking BC beyond your church or ministry. Just take a moment to think about what is, what is God equipping me to do, even beyond my important ministry in the local church. As you think about that, I want to take the second half of our time on page 63 of your notes and just spend some time talking about the BCC. But again, not a 30-minute, 25-minute commercial now, but how can you join the mission that we're all committed to of multiplying the ministry of the biblical counseling movement? So let's talk about that. Here's our mission statement. Don't try and get all this down. Um, by the way, I can put this on my website, and you can, can have the whole PowerPoint with some of these. You can go downstairs and for free get our whole on one sheet, our mission, vision, passion statement. So I know some people, if it's on a PowerPoint slide, you've got to get it down. <laughs> Just kind of relax. But think about the part in the red. The BCC exists to multiply the ministry of the biblical counseling movement. That simply states what we're all about. So we like to say that we are a movement multiplier. We are a multiplier, that first bullet under point A, joining the mission. BASF, they used to say, we don't make most of the products you use, we make the products better. Well, the Biblical Counseling Coalition might say, we don't make the movement, we make the movement not better, but better known. That, as executive director, that's really the calling that the board holds my feet to the fire. What am I doing in helping the movement to do to make the movement better known? Uh, we want to multiply. So that in five years, if I speak at one of these seminaries, Instead of two people out of 18, maybe it's nine people out of 18 that have heard about us. And in 10 years, it's 18 out of 18, and maybe at least half of them really like what we're doing. And maybe in 20 years, all of them are excited about what we're doing. By the way, when I speak at this seminary, these seminaries in the one class on pastoral counseling, by the time they're done, they're saying, by God's grace, that's what biblical counseling is? Count me as one of them. I'm excited. And they're saying, I can do this. I could do this by God's grace. So there is hope uh, that people's thoughts can change. Uh, another way we like to put it, again, the BCC is not about the BC. The BCC is about BC. Now, think about that a little bit, that next bullet point there. The BCC is not about... So many parachurch organizations, by nature, they need to focus on themselves. Nothing wrong. IBCD, to survive, has to tell you about IBC. NAC has to... Nothing wrong with that. That's not our calling. I don't like to spend a lot of time talking about the BCC. I want to talk about the BC. So we are always sending people back. If David Paulson writes something on our site, you might read a third of it and then read the rest, go here, and we'll send you right back to the CCF site or the NANC site or whatever. Everybody that sends us something, they get a choice. Now, we found that most people, all they say is put a bio, a link to my name, and a bio that goes then to our site. Everybody else is like, Put the whole thing on your side. We don't care um, because together others notice. But we want to be that, that megaphone is our next 
point here. The BCC exists to multiply the ministry of the biblical counseling movement by strengthening churches, parachurch organizations, and educational institutions through promoting unity and excellence in biblical counseling. We want to be a megaphone. We did a lot of free advertising for the IBCD um, over the last half a year. Uh, NANC now is starting to promote their conference in October, and we're doing, I, I told uh, Randy Patton, Heath Lambert, Jim Patton, they emailed me, what can you do to help? I said, send me blog posts, send me Q&As. We'll post them. We'll put it on our calendar of events. We'll put it on our homepage rotator. Now, they know, but other people that don't know, they're like, what does that cost? Nothing. Now, of course, part of my pitch sometimes is somebody's got to pay for this, so if you ever want to donate to the BCC, feel free to do that because we're not making money off of that stuff. We do everything we can to not compete with the other organization, but to complete them, not to compete. Uh, Pete with them. We are a clearinghouse. The next bullet point there. We want to be kind of a one-stop shop. Uh, the best of the best that then sends people to other people, uh, other places. Uh, just like these seminaries that don't teach biblical counseling, they would normally say, you know, we're not telling people about the NANC site or doing this or that, but wow, if you, the BCC is, is joining together to do this, we're telling our students about the BCC. Well, of course, what happens when they tell them about the BCC and they go to our site, they learn about NANC and they learn about IBCD and they learn about IABC and ABC and the, the alphabet soup of groups <laughs> that are out there. Um, and we try to do that through three primary areas. We've got the Grace and Truth blog site. Every week, uh, we have every day, uninterrupted by God's grace now for... 365 days times two and a half years, a new fresh blog post. And we've got a wide smattering of biblical counseling leaders. And they're not only people that are part of our coalition. Guess what? You folks could be bloggers for us. Um, you know what you have to do? You've got to contact me. You've got to read our confessional statement, our doctrinal statement, our mission vision statement, and agree to that. And then if you've ever blogged before, you send me a sample blog. And then you can become a blogger for the Biblical Counseling Coalition. We do series. We've done recent series on biblical counseling and depression. Uh, again, trying to be first responders of sorts. When the whole issue with Matthew Warren and, and suicide and mental illness came out, a lot of the evangelical world, it's all about a mental illness category of thinking about that. Uh, we had 12 robust blog posts put out there within a week of this occurring. And a week and two and three weeks after, from biblical counseling leaders talking about a biblical counseling perspective on suicide and mental illness. Compassionate, comprehensive. I mean, nobody at a time like that wants to be beating up on anybody, but a compassionate, comprehensive approach. Those are the sort of things we're trying to do. You can join uh, that. We try to do book reviews. Um, we have at least one book review, some weeks two or three. We have book videos. We have book author interviews. I would say the area we need the most help is on book reviewing. Uh, we've got a lot of bloggers, and I'm thankful for that. We've got a lot of signed-up book reviewers, but, you know, to write a blog takes X amount of time. To write a book review well takes a lot of time because you probably should read the book, <laughs> understand the book, and then you want to say something intelligent about it that's positive. You want to give some feedback, some strengths and weaknesses. We could use some more book reviewers. I mentioned already Paul Taugus is doing a great ministry for the biblical counseling world and a couple other people. Maybe you'd want to do this. You don't have to write a review, 
But what Paul does is he just links people to 10 best resources on biblical counseling depression. Now, I've done some where I'll do more than a link. I'll do like a paragraph summary. Um, that's another option. takes a little bit more time than a link, but a little less time than a book review. That's an area where we could use some more help. And then our free resources. We have videos. We have MP3s. We have over 1,000 free resources in an attempt to multiply the ministry of the biblical counseling movement. Advancing the vision. I want to move kind of quickly through the next couple of points here because I'd like to leave a, a few minutes at the end for questions about the BCC, pushback on what we're doing, especially when we started. I'll be real honest. There were some people, anytime you coalesce, there's a sense, well, it's going to go to the least common denominator and you're going to get liberal and you're going. What we said to people, watch us. Keep us accountable. Be a good Berean. Uh, see if we stay true to the confessional statement in, in what we're doing, what we're posting. And I would encourage you with that. So when we're done, I want to try to leave some time. So let me move a little bit quickly through the advancing the vision and the passion of the coalition. Again, don't have to write all this down. We've got it downstairs for you for free. More than counseling, our vision is for the entire church to speak the truth in love. We don't just want a pocket of biblical counselors in the church. We want the whole church committed to biblical counseling. We seek to promote the strengthening of the personal ministry of the word. For instance, the Gospel Coalition that Jim mentioned, they're really about promoting in the evangelical church a Christ-centered approach to, to overall ministry, and in particular, I would say, the pulpit ministry of the Word. Well, we've got a more focused perspective. We're about promoting Christ-centered personal ministry of the Word by ministering to, and we have three audiences, and every blog post we ask people, which audience are you trying to address? Sometimes it's all free. But people who offer care, people like yourself, um, people who are seeking care, and people who train caregivers. Lily Park is a professor and chair of counseling at Crossroads Biblical Seminary in Indianapolis. She's just one example. We have all three audiences that we're trying to reach through the, the vision of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Our vision is to unite and advance, and you can read that on your own. Here was the, the original issue that we saw that really prompted this, we had a lot of silos. Steve Byers, if you know Steve, he, he's a real meek, mild, shy, quiet guy. Now, Steve is, is, we got too many silos out here, men, women. We've got, again, Nank out here, we've got this out here. One of the beauties, even in the last two and a half years, that we've seen through the coalition of building these relationships is we've got more cases where CCF at their conference are inviting Nank guys to speak at their conference. And thank people, you know, I hate to say it, but I mean, there was a time it's like, we don't, we don't do that. We don't talk to each other. When we go to these three-day uh, coalition meetings together, instead of talking about each other behind our backs, we're trying to talk to each other candidly. Our first year, we talked about um, gospel indicatives and gospel imperatives. That was a real issue percolating and brewing. And so let's talk seriously about what we mean and how we can honor both of those perspectives, who we are in Christ and what we're called to do as Christians. This last year, we talked for six hours, three different two-hour segments on the sufficiency of Scripture. Now, it wasn't like it was up for debate, but it was, what do we mean by this? What is a robust, relevant, practical definition of sufficiency of Scripture? So we want to talk to each other, not about each other. We want to go from silos to synergy and working together. Some of the ways we do this, this is a picture of the Windshape Retreat Center, December 8, 9, and 10. 
46 of the 56 of us will be able to make it. If you think about that, that's a good percentage of really busy pastors and seminary professors. Uh, probably about half of the people that aren't there can't be there because they're in Romania or they're somewhere already scheduled years in advance. So we've got a large percentage of our people every year that come to our retreat. And um, this year we're going to talk about biblical counseling in the local church. And we're going to learn from one another in panel settings. Uh, we've got some folks that are more geared toward the academics. So one of our panels is going to be from professors who are also pastors. How can those of us in academia teaching about biblical counseling keep it at a level that's relevant to the local church and not just where we need the depth academic, right? But how can we make those connect? We're going to have sessions that we talk about those. Christ-centered biblical counseling is another example that we've already talked about. Forty people. And as Jim said, I was uh, one of three editors, but really had the main responsibility of bringing these 40 people together. Now, when John Piper writes a chapter, how do you edit John Piper? You know, like, hey, great job, John. Um, and I don't think John even read my email anyway. So, you know, but John Piper and Jack Delk, senior pastor, counseling pastor at uh, Bethlehem uh, Baptist, wrote the keynote chapter to that book. We have 28 chapters, 40 different authors that came together. We're working now on a, a book on the sufficiency of Scripture, God's, life for, God's Word for Life in a Broken World. I mean, we talk all the time about sufficiency. We're going to have over two dozen people writing together a theology of and a methodology of the sufficiency and relevancy of Scripture. And you see just some samples of our, our ministry teams. And as I said already, you can be part of our ministry team. Now, to be on the council board, you have to be recommended by somebody who's already on the council board. But to be a part of our blogging team and, and other areas we've mentioned, contact me and we can talk about that. Pursuing the passion. Uh, you see it listed there in your notes, promoting personal change, centered on the person of Christ through the personal ministry of the word. We want to fill the gap between the pulpit ministry of the word and the personal ministry of the word. Affirming the convictions. Uh, you can go to our table downstairs or you can go to uh, this link right here for our doctrinal statement, confessional statement, our full mission vision, uh, passion statement. We call that a, a boundary set. We have said our mission statement, our doctrinal statement, our uh, confessional statement, you want to be a part of us. You don't say I would word it identically to that as we've talked about, but you say I can commit to what you're talking about right here. And it's a way to, to join with what we're doing. Uh, knowing who we are, well, we're you, first of all. Um, we want you to be a part of the coalition. I'll talk in a moment some ways you can help and advance uh, what we're doing. Um, our board, Garrett Higby on the far left over there, is, uh, he had started 12 Stones Ministries, now uh, soul care pastorate on uh, James McDonald's church. He is taking... Um, uh, concept of small groups and biblical counseling, um, uncommon community throughout all the Harvest churches. Deepak Raju, who's out at Mark Devers Church, is their counseling and family life pastor. He's a, uh, our president of our board. Randy Patton, executive director of NANC, is um, on our board. Uh, myself here. John Henderson is also on the board of Association of Biblical Counselors. This is John. And John is um, pastor of counseling at Denton Bible Church in Texas. Steve Byers had been our founding president. He's now our vice president. He's a pastor at Faith Church, used to be Faith, Faith Baptist, now Faith Church in Lafayette, Indiana. 
And Steve was really the visionary behind this who saw all these silos and said, we got to get along. I mean, we're biblical counselors here. Let's get along together, benefiting from the future and where we're headed. Um, there's a lot of free resources. One of the things we started, I don't even know if it's listed up there, is the job board. Are you looking for a position in biblical counseling? We've got a free job board. Is your church looking, your parachurch ministry, your school, looking for somebody to uh, take a position at your church or school? You've got a free job board. Um, some of the, we've got to find a counselor. And again, by, we don't want to compete, so we haven't created our own certification process, but you can go to our website. We've got a link to NANCS, buy zip code, um, find a counselor, CCF. They, they don't have, they're working on one now, so we've got a link to their info email, ABC and IA, IA, I get my alphabet. We've got four of them on there, and I don't know if IBCD has, I don't think they currently have one, but we would add that too. And what we've done too is we've asked our board, and we've got now eight residential inpatient treatment centers from a biblical counseling perspective with direct links there. That's something I get a lot of questions about. And so we put together, and I don't think anybody's ever done that because there aren't a lot of those out there that are committed to the sufficiency of Scripture. But we vetted the, these first eight. So you go to our Find a Counselor, you've got these four links, and you've got links to eight different um, biblical counseling, residential, inpatient treatment centers. Um, you can stop by our booth. You can minister with us by blogging, book reviews. Certainly pray for us. You can support. There's a support card down there. We are a very lean ministry, very lean ministry in our budget and our staff, and we want to keep it that way uh, because we don't want to be about us. We want to be about, but we have some expenses, obviously. You can become, in our newest endeavors, a BCC partner. And we wrangled, is probably not a bad word, we wrangled about this as a board and a council board for about a year and a half because we don't want to compete. We didn't want to certify. We didn't have memberships because NAC does that. I be so we came up with a partner status, which basically is a way for people to say, in a sense, I'd like to give, but it would be nice if I got something back, a win-win, if you will. And so as a partner, you get exclusive resources. Uh, what we did, I took probably two hours to re-edit those 12 blog posts on biblical counseling, suicide, mental illness, into a 36-page PDF. And so in June, our partners joined for one year, they got a 36-page PDF. I then took two years of blog posts by our bloggers on biblical counseling and depression. Our July PDF is going to be a 36-page PDF that goes to our partners. So we're giving a unique resource to our partners, and they pay, I think it's $29.99 a year, to support the coalition. They agree that they're part of, they agree to our confessional statement, our doctrinal statement, our mission vision statement. Now, we make it very plain that we are not vetting them. And we say on our site, if you want to see vetted counselors, go to NAG, go to IBCD. They're, they're certified vetted counselors. These are not certified vetted counselors. These are people who are self-selecting as saying, we are positive about, we support the mission vision of the Biblical Counseling Coalition, and their names, your name, can then be linked there. Now, we've had a little pushback on that. See, we knew, well, we've done everything we can to communicate you want a certified biblical counselor, go here, go here, go here. You want somebody who says, I believe in the BCC, then these are people that are saying, so they're supporting us. Uh, but that's, that's our newest endeavor. It's the first thing we've really done, in a sense, to raise funds. But at some point, we don't have our own conference because 
there's only so much time you folks have, right? So you can't go to every conference. If we had a conference, we'd be competing for your time. So we've tried very hard to do things to raise some funds. We've got some grants coming in. I had one guy, we got a $50,000 grant, um, just came in last month. I talked to the guy and he said, I am not giving any money to any biblical counseling ministry that's a silo ever again. He said, I'm giving money to the BCC and any other group that agrees to be to play nice in the sandbox. Right? He's committed to biblical counseling. He wants ministries that are working on synergy together. So we do things with folks like that to raise some funds. Um, so getting involved, joining the conversation. I got almost 10 minutes, which is great for me to actually have that. I've got some questions down there. What are you most excited about with the BCC? How will you get involved? But let's just start with kind of open-ended. Do you have any general questions about the BCC coalition pushbacks, concerns? I mean, we're all about being up front. So you got a concern or pushback? Let's talk. Right. Any thoughts, comments, questions about the coalition? Shannon? Um, well, for one, Shannon is a council board member of the Biblical Counseling. <laughs> that was not pointed at you. <laughs> it was not pointed at you. Um, I think, talk about a gap, it's an area we need to still work on. Uh, more women involved. If you didn't hear Shannon's question, you know, what are my thoughts, our thoughts about women leadership? We've worked hard to get uh, women involved on the coalition. Uh, as council board members, uh, we've uh, asked at least one woman who's here at this conference who so far has said no to be on our board of directors. Um, she's been too busy to do that, but we'd love to have a woman on our board of directors. We're also working on increasing international. We have our first non-U.S. two members, uh, Steve Timmis, who's from Great Britain and heads up uh, Acts 29 in uh, what had been Western Europe, but now is all of Europe is on our council board. Uh, we also have um, Betty Van Rees, Betty Ann Van Rees, who's in Canada and is working to start a biblical counseling coalition in Canada, and she's on our, our council board here. So another example. So we're trying personally to add women to the leadership and visibility and blogging and, and book reviewing. Uh, Shannon or others, are there things you think we could do as a coalition to encourage the involvement of women in leadership in BC? Well, one thing that's been on my heart that I've talked to my pastor about is women <coughs> leading women. It, there's like this huge gap. I mean, women are so busy being moms and wives and trying to figure out what that means and other, you know, whatever other roles that they play that they're not spending time, you know, administering and, or ministering and loving each other. There's so much of a, um, I don't know, what the word is, but friction maybe between mm -hmm. women, and really there should be more of a unification with women, and they're getting all their roles mixed up, and um, because it is such a a man, manly. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not tangled up in my words, but no. it's, it's such a manly world, and you know when you're at the pulpit, it's, it's more about all that, but women play such a big role, and they don't realize it, and they're trying to step up into <coughs> men's roles, but our role is so important, 
and like that Titus two thing is mm -hmm. so important, and that and um, I think that there needs to be more of that. That's a huge gap in our society, yeah. and that's why society is so mixed up is because women don't. I don't want to say they don't know their place, but they don't understand the role that is so important, and it is it is um, so detrimental to our families and our relationships with each other. Yeah, great, great insight. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, in answer to the question, one thing we can do to continue to advance women's involvement in the biblical counseling world is promote the tightest two types of ministry, women ministering to women. Yep. Other, any other questions, thoughts, pushback? So you're saying, just to make together, um, your, your function is to like promote biblical counseling. What are some of the top avenues you see and then like future desires of areas that you're <laughs> Seeing it as a, DCC you know, is a, a storehouse, but also almost like sending, you know, information sending. How are you guys doing that? What's the best way you've seen have an impact? Well, again, I think it's the two parts of our mission statement: collaborative relationships, which is more behind the scenes, and then robust, relevant resources. So, I think we get the word out by the blog post and the quality of post. And what we found is when we do series, that's where we really get a lot of help. Part of my role is when we've got a series that I think Gospel Coalition, for instance, is going to be really interested in, I send an email to Colin Hansen, who you know does all this stuff with TGC, Tim Challies, if any of you follow, Tim, follow Tim's blogging. If you get a blog mention on Tim Challies, um what's he call his? Yeah, but, but he's got his, like, I call mine Friday Five. He's got some whatever it is that when he's linking to other, man, our, our, our hits go up. So part of what I'm trying to do as an executive director is making other people in the, the evangelical <coughs> world aware of us. Uh, you folks can help. You know a little bit more about the BCC. You know about our website. Tell people in your churches. Go to the Biblical, Biblical Counseling Coalition. I think it was you that mentioned all the great resources IBCD has. We've got over a thousand free resources so uh, those two areas and as I said to the extent that we can show unity and love and truth I think that is impacting the, the movement uh, maybe time for one or two more questions or comments nice and loud Okay, yeah, thank you. I don't, maybe that wasn't up there. I forgot. We're just trying to roll this part out, not wanting to compete by having another conference. We have offered, and we're just getting this going, that Biblical Counseling Coalition council board members can offer a pre-conference. So, you know, there's a, there was a pre-conference here, and obviously Elise did one. wasn't connected necessarily with the BCC. What we'd like to see, and some people don't like this phrase, I like it, a win-win-win. So if the BCC has Shannon do a pre-conference here. Shannon is paid some remuneration. The workmen were there, her hired. Um, the BCC is paid a little bit of remun remuneration for that, and IBCD gets some of those funds. So we have on the website, I think almost three dozen, we just put this up maybe a month ago, three dozen different, uh, like a one page, here's something Shannon could offer um, as a pre-conference. Now, 
My guess is what's going to happen, probably even more, is somebody's just going to call Shannon and she's going to do a seminar, and, and we're not policing that. I just mentioned Shannon because she's here. If it ends up being simply a way that we've created that a lot of people know about great seminars and we get nothing out of it, that's part of our mission, vision, and God will support us somehow. If there are some ways that we get a little bit of help because we made the connection there, you know, that's great too. We're always thinking as the six of us on the board of directors, how can we raise funds without being about raising funds? You know, how can we not compete with the rest of the BC world but complete and promote them, but we still have to exist? Our budget's very, very small, but we've got a few people to take care of. Let me close this in prayer. Father, I think about what we started talking about, the gaps. Um, thank you for Jay Adams and Doc Smith and Bill Good and Howard Eyrick and others that stepped into that gap, and they've taken a beating uh, in many ways, pulling the pendulum back. And thank you for their foundational work. And, Lord, there's still gaps, and I pray each of us in this room will be part of um, seeing a vision that in 40 years people would be aghast at the, at the very least the evangelical Christian world was not totally sold out and committed to the sufficiency and relevancy and authority of your word for the personal ministry of the word. Help us in that. Refresh us now with this lunch. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Copyright 2013, IBCD, All Rights Reserved. More free audios can be found on our website at www.ibcd.org.